Hello, and welcome to the Annie Monday Podcast. My name is Colin Hemphill. And I'm Kayla Hemphill. On our show, we roll the virtual dice each week and must watch a randomly selected anime title. This week, we have a special guest joining us remotely. Uh, please welcome to the show, Michael Lauderdale. Hi, everyone. Woo! All right, Michael. So uh, we have invited you on the show because you had the misfortune <laughs> of uh, watching the show that uh, we have rolled this week, which is called The Master of Ragnarok and Blesser of Ein Hajar. And uh, how did you come across the show and uh, what was your experience with it uh, in the very early on stages? Well, so... I tend to watch new shows that look like they might be interesting whenever they come out, like as the seasons begin. And uh, this one I could watch during lunch, so I was like, sure. And uh, yeah, my my experience was basically that I would have it on in the background during lunch, and I eventually decided that it was not okay and not going to be part <laughs> of my lunch ever again. Uh, and and so whenever I agreed to be on this show, like part of my brain must have understood that I would have to watch it again. When I was watching it again, I was like, this seems like I've made several mistakes. We appreciate your sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Hope I hope that that makes me feel better. <laughs> Uh, So this show uh, began as a light novel series in 2013. It was later adapted into a manga and then into a 12-episode anime series that actually premiered this July in uh, 2018. And as far as we know, there are no plans for further episodes. Kayla, you want to give us a synopsis of the plot? Sure thing. In the land of Idrisil, a never-ending war between nations has all but demolished the Wolf Clan. In an attempt to save her clan, a young woman named Felicia summons a modern high school student named Yuto, hoping that his insight and leadership could give them a chance at survival. Because of his access to modern research and history texts, Yuto is able to provide the Wolf Clan with strategy and technology that will turn the tides of war in their favor. All right, so uh, kind of the conceit of the show is that this kid ends up in some undisclosed past Mm -hmm. Uh, they kind of talk about where he thinks the general dates are uh, and it's some kind of like bronze age technology Mm -hmm. and uh, he's ended up in this kind of pseudo Norse mythology world and we'll touch on that a little bit later but (laughs) none of it's really coherent uh, in terms of the world building and uh, their usage of uh, Norse mythology kind of stuff he is for some reason, chosen to lead an entire clan called the Wolf Clan. And uh, what do you think of that clan? Do you have any uh, general thoughts on the way their society structures (laughs) and uh, (laughs) how all that works? I I mean, honestly, the way they've set it up, they could have said he was part of anything with Mm -hmm. the amount of care that they pay to it later. Like Like, he's part of the Wolf Clan, and that only matters insofar as, like, one of the characters has, like, wolf traits mm-hmm. like, but it's it's not like they it seems like they used it because they wanted to use the 12 signs of the zodiac or something for each of the clans oh. that's sort of the impression i get <laughs> mm-hmm. and like that's fine and all sure. but like nothing nothing in this show really holds up to scrutiny like he says that he knows he's on earth because the stars haven't changed but he also yeah. says that the show is set somewhere between 2000 and 1000 BC. Uh-huh. <laughs> 3000 years ago, the stars did not look the same. That's, like, exactly, they that's exactly what I told Colin when he said that. I was like, 
well, then you're wrong. Like, you don't know yeah. the star. And how do you know the stars so well? Like, I, as a high school student, I didn't know the stars that well to be able to pinpoint exactly where they were in a totally different part of the world, even. Yeah. They would look different on a different, you know, he wasn't still in Japan. He was Right. Right. Which, uh, speaking <laughs> of, how are they all speaking the same language? They actually don't explain that. No, they, they just said actually didn't know open it. that up as like a plot hole. Sorry, oh, really? Kelly, what were you saying? Yeah. Oh, I was saying that uh, they actually say at one point that like uh, Felicia had helped him when he didn't know the language. Okay. Right. So they did. They again, it's kind of that throwaway line of like, oh, so they're well, all yeah. they're all speaking common in other words. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. They hand wave a lot of stuff in this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, like, I don't know. Just looking at my notes, it's hard to know where to start. Yeah, uh, right. I mean, maybe I almost feel like since we're probably just going to be ragging on the show for a bit, <laughs> that we should start with the things that we thought were positive and then come back to describing anything about the show. Cause... Sounds good to me. Yeah. Uh, so of characters and story, what uh, what kinds of aspects of it do you, Kayla, and Michael find interesting or appealing um, I, I, I'm gonna, it's gonna be like a half, okay. <laughs> like half yeah. positive, half negative. Right. Um, this kind of felt the same way that Monster Masumi felt for me is that mm. there was a lot of potential of world building here that could have been very, very interesting. Um, like they keep teasing at this idea that because he's bringing all this technology and knowledge into this past world. Um, he is changing everything. He's changing the economy. He's changing how wars are being fought. Everything about that is being changed. Um, and that could be really interesting if they took some time to explore that, like actually dug into some of the darker aspects, like how would it affect this, you know, teenage kid that he's suddenly, you know, a, a general of an army and he's having to kill people? Or like, how does this affect the world at large, that he suddenly introduced paper to the world. Yeah. <laughs> like, these are really big things that revolutionize the world when they came into play, and he's introducing them at the wrong time, and it could have been very interesting to see how that was playing out, especially since he still had, and I'm sure we'll talk about this, he still had connection to the the present, the future. He could still talk with somebody from his own time. So did it just not affect the the world at all uh, it could have been very interesting and they just <laughs> you know blew past it because because harem that's why yeah uh sort of building on that like i have a point here where i wrote that like the thing i liked most about this show was that he he does all these things and when like for example at the start of the show well not the very start we'll come back to that in a bit but like <laughs> after the intro rolls and we'll talk about that too. There's this scene where there's two armies battling, and his army is in phalanx formations, mm-hmm. and they're using iron weapons. Mm-hmm. And like conceptually, if you if you think about what it would mean for Bronze Age soldiers mm-hmm. using bronze weapons and leather gear mm-hmm. to fight against an army outfit with like iron weapons. Mm-hmm. who are in a phalanx formation, like, it's actually sort of genuinely interesting. Like, yeah. it's an interesting idea, 
especially since this genre, and we talked about this a little bit before this started, but this genre is, uh, like the isekai genre, is replete with characters that show up and are just overpowered. Mm-hmm. And if he was overpowered merely because he was knowledgeable, that actually would have been genuinely innovative for this style of show. Yeah, that would have been really cool. Yeah, but that's not what they do. Like, almost immediately after you're able to comprehend that he has iron (laughs) weapons and phalanxes and he's doing all this stuff, that's Mm -hmm. only a step or two above, not like time-wise, but in terms of overall tactics of the era that he's supposedly in, Mm -hmm. you find out that, like, the woman who's been he's been talking to, like, this whole time... (laughs) has straight-up magical powers and <laughs> yep. just invalidate an entire mm-hmm. hail of arrows from people shooting at him from what is actually a ludicrous distance from Bronze Age. <laughs> and, like, at that point, you're like, well, what? what does the iron and the phalanx even matter? <laughs> There's people who could, could kill literally everyone on the field by themselves. Yeah. Like, what's the point? And uh, I get that, like, what becomes his eventual collection superpowered women which is gross uh, like what what happens with that that's supposed to be an outlier because he's a special boy yeah and then like there's an op villain who shows up and i didn't watch the fifth episode to find out what happens with that because i don't care but, like, i get that they're supposed to be outliers but wouldn't it make sense if the fact that people with superpowers existing means that like you don't have to have wars the same way. <laughs> yeah. Like the whole interaction and hierarchy of society would probably change around that. Like right. it does in My Hero Academia, for instance. Yeah. yeah. And there's there's no reflection on that on the part of the show. Mm-hmm. Like if you just don't think about what's happening in this show, it's possible you could enjoy it, but it's still <laughs> real hard, right? Like the yeah. characters are super flat. They have real limited detail. Um, like I wrote that the only reason you have to care about any of them is that if like any of the major characters die, genocide ensues Mm. and like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I got, I got this vibe from the show that you get it when you read like fan fiction (laughs) or like whenever you yourself first attempt to write something Mm -hmm. and you like look through it with a critical eye and you're like, this is like, this just (laughs) seems like all the characters are one person and they're just executing a scenario. Uh, similar thing happens if you've ever played Dungeons and Dragons, and you have like an inexperienced DM and inexperienced players, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. they don't craft a story together. They mm-hmm. just do things. There's no like mm-hmm. plot or anything. Mm-hmm. Like, like I felt like like the actual plot for this show, the real conflict that that they've set up that's consistent, is that he's in a time that's not his own and he wants to return back to what I guess is his childhood girlfriend or something. Yeah. And the thing is, if you, if you realize that's the real underlying conflict of the show Mm -hmm. and then you watch what happens, you're there. You're like, what does like, why is he doing any of this? Mm -hmm. Why did he get so involved? Yeah. Yeah, to the point that he's he says like he's willing to burn down entire villages and slaughter thousands of people uh, yeah. if these people won't swear <laughs> fealty to him. Yeah, right. Although they 
they try to like pull that one back. Sure. By pretending that he's not really going to do that. Oh, I was just bluffing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but like, the... <laughs> no, but really be my sister. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, we haven't we haven't talked. Let's talk about the initial first episode okay. just so people can get a sense of like what it is we're complaining about. So, I think the very first scene like sort of sets the tone for the whole show. Like and I'll mm-hmm. I'll describe it so it sounds good. All right. So the show starts with a cold open. You see the silhouette of a naked woman in some body of water and above her are the stars. And then it cuts to our main character. He's sitting on a log or a small chair and he's looking at his smartphone. <laughs> And on it, you can see that it's talking about, like, phalanxes mm-hmm. in English, I think. Which... Yeah. Sure. Y- sure, why not? Let's say he's really good at English. Let, <laughs> let, let's go with that. And uh, there's some conversation that he has with the the woman when she walks out of the, the lake. And uh, it it's mostly throwaway stuff. You immediately get the impression that, like, you're supposed to think this guy is sort of cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's the sort of cool that you know actually isn't cool. Like this is, <laughs> this is like when people make up fanfics about themselves. Yep. Sort of, sort of thing, and that's like solid. The tone of the whole show, mm-hmm. and then after that scene ends, uh, oh, and, and he was, she was asking him why he was ignoring her, basically, and he was like, oh, I was doing some research, and it's like, okay, <laughs> for what? Because they haven't told you. You don't really know what's going on. This is your first introduction to this character. And, like, on balance, he just seems weird. Uh, And that cuts to the intro. And the intro is horribly animated. To the point that it's kind of nauseating. Like, the way that they don't properly deal with perspective. And then, like, there's a a portion of the intro where two characters are fighting. And Mm -hmm. it just looks like... uh, like a mediocre mobile game, I guess, mm-hmm. is the best way to describe it. And then after that, it immediately goes into the rest of the show, and you find out that he's like he's conquering other peoples, mm-hmm. and then forcing, they refer to them as patriarchs in the translation, mm-hmm. uh, forcing the patriarchs of those societies to swear fealty to him and either become his daughters or his little sisters, because they're all women at this point. Yeah. And right. th- like, so if you've watched a lot of anime, you're you're there and you're like, all right, so this feels like that show in another world with my smartphone, which was not a good show. Uh, plus, there's like wildly more questionable elements like this whole filthy thing, like the the way that he just intentionally manipulates the like the first character from outside his group that he comes mm-hmm. into contact with. Yeah, is super disgusting, <laughs> and then it moves from that uh, into just like lots of fan servicey stuff. So mm-hmm. there's like so so this is what we're dealing with, right? Like it's it's a poorly animated show. The when the music turns on, it's like they're trying to tell you how to feel rather than augmenting how you feel, and like the interactions are are real questionable on a lot of levels and they don't seem to serve any purpose especially once you realize that the plot is is he going back to his home world mm-hmm. and and so that's 
That's the show. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'd say that does it. Yeah. Like, the problem is there's not really a story. Sure. So, it's, it, like, I mean, you guys looked at Line Barrels of Iron, which I vaguely (laughs) remember having watched parts of and then dropped. Mm -hmm. But even that, like, that has a story, and it it definitely has, like, a, a conflict, even if it's forced, right? Yeah. It's like, is this person going to continue being a big bad? Find <laughs> out next time. And you're like, I don't care, though. Sure. Yeah. Um, there are a, sp- a few specific things that I want to uh, kind of touch on. Mm-hmm. One is um, the way that they handle technology in this show uh, <laughs> is completely whack and doesn't make any sense. It's oh, true. do tell. <laughs> um, so basically, he has this one childhood friend that you alluded to earlier. Mm-hmm who uh, he can still communicate with uh, in this world, but he has to be in a certain location, like near this mirror that was the the gateway to this world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so as long as he's in proximity to that, he can make phone calls and he can talk to this person. With his literal cell phone. Yeah, with his phone. Also, uh, his phone never runs out of battery or even... Phone, that's never even brought up. It is. Uh, his phone is solar-powered... Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Wow. Which, uh, that's not a thing. <laughs> but if it was, it would be pretty cool. Yeah, but like, <laughs> like the the idea that this thing that doesn't exist or is extremely niche and rare, mm-hmm. he just happens to have one, and that's that's how they get around the way, the plot hole that there's no electricity in this world he's in. He still doesn't have cell service, though. That still doesn't explain yeah. his ability to... So, yeah, he, he, he can... Cell service. He has <laughs> to be in proximity here. to... Uh, to make contact with this girl, mm-hmm. but he can just look up things on the internet anywhere. Sure. He doesn't have to be any particular place. He can be on the battlefield. <laughs> he can be in his palace thing, mm-hmm. uh, and he can just access the internet. Colin, don't you know that the internet has just always existed and we've just only recently harnessed its power from the earth? Yeah. <laughs> that that does sound like some uh, real new age style stuff. <laughs> I can totally see... The internet is part of the infinite energy of the universe, <laughs> and it's come into existence by us harnessing the, our inner way, you know, whatever. Uh-huh. Sure. Uh, I, I have one also plot hole thing that I want to discuss, mm-hmm. which is why, why are children in charge? Mm. There are adults everywhere. Yeah. And yet it's consistent that the teenagers are the patriarchs of all these different clans. So our main character is a teenager. He becomes a patriarch. We get introduced to uh, another teenage girl that ends up uh, swearing um, loyalty to him, and she's a teenager. His arch nemesis is a teenager. Why? Especially since they say heredity isn't a reason to become a leader. Right. So I guess the the idea here is that these teenagers are the most strategic and the the most intelligent of all the people. So it's Ender's Game. Yeah. Great. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Except without, like, the selection part. Right. A very large population. Yeah. I don't know. Like, the... <laughs> it's it's unbelievable. Like, there's, there's so much in this show that just... It's a lot more difficult to make sense of. But if you're even, like, mildly cynical about the way the show's been put together... You're there and you're like, oh, they played uh, anime trope bingo. They're like, so we're going to make an isekai anime. Those are popular right now. We're going to make a harem so that way we don't have to deal with a story or having any actual (laughs) events of real import. Uh, 
let's have some magical girls. Not like magical, magical girls. They'll be like, it'll be, it'll be special because they'll just be real strong. Uh, <laughs> but let's have the main villain be a man. Uh, in the translation, let's have everyone referred to as a patriarch. Uh, I did want to point this out. I noticed at one point that they translated Onisama into patriarch. And uh-huh. I was just like, what? What? <laughs> what? Like, it's almost immediately, like, it's in the part where they're browbeating that girl after they, like, are threatening to either enslave her entire society or mm-hmm. kill all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at one point, they're, they're saying that she's being a little too rude, considering mm-hmm. her position here. Mm-hmm. And when they refer to him, you, you, you hear them say Onisama, but then they just translate it as patriarch. And I kind of feel like... That's Crunchyroll telling you that they don't care either. This is horrible. <laughs> yeah. Like, so many parts of this show just feel like... like it, For example, he's, he's in what appears to be a palace, but you get outside shots of it sometimes, and it appears to be a ziggurat, right? Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like, it's not clear that he's inhabiting it or if it was already there. Sure. But if you know anything about those kinds of structures, you know they take decades or over a century to build like they don't just show up (laughs) and like there's only a couple of them really Mm -hmm. and they're effectively wonders of the world and so they just put them in there and they they give it (laughs) they don't mention it at all like it's not special they act like that's totally normal yeah but if they had given you any real information you could have actually gone and been like where are they because it appears they're in South America. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, he talks about it being Bronze Age. Yeah. But then he talks about, like, Norse legends and stuff. Yep. And maybe my history isn't the best, but I was under the impression <laughs> they had iron weapons, like, the whole time. Yep. Yeah. No, and, the timelines are, are completely off yeah. throughout yeah. the whole show. Which yeah. would be fine if they just chalked it up to, like, he's a teenager yeah. and doesn't really know. Like, right. I guess that was my frustration with this is uh, when he's, like, doing some of the narration and explaining, like, this is how I know what part of the world that I'm in. It's like, how? How? Oh, like, because- you're not an expert in what these, like, artifacts look like. You're a high school student. Uh-huh. It's because his phone has internet, but it doesn't have GPS. Oh, my God. Listen, what he did was he he downloaded Google Sky and then he pointed it up at the sky and he was Uh like, I'm still on Earth. Uh, I mean, like other things that are just kind of thrown in there, like Mm -hmm. uh, so there's a lot of European language uses. Yeah. Like there was some point I'm trying to remember what like I remember them saying Sieg something. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I remember thinking at that point that like. Do they do they know how that like comes off? Do they understand the cultural implications of a bunch of people like arm raising and being like Sieg ruler? That's not mm-hmm. like yeah. whew. Uh, <laughs> and like the European languages are just decoration, like yeah. The, yeah. the like the ziggurat and everything else practically. So Michael, uh, you had said that. Um, Basically, all of the characters can kind of be lumped into one giant character, and <laughs> they don't really have any discernible characteristics or qualities. Right. Um, but I do want to point out a couple specifics uh, that are worth mentioning. Mm-hmm. Uh, the biggest one to me is Christina and Albertina. Oh, my gosh. 
which are uh, two twins. Uh, they come from one of the other clans, I think the Claw Clan. Yeah. Uh, they're probably by far the youngest looking people in this show. Mm-hmm. Um, even the, the other characters who appear to be like older teenagers comment on, hey, why are there kids here? Mm-hmm. Um, and yet they're easily the most sexualized of oh, all the characters. Immediately. Immediately. Oh, yeah, that's how they're introduced. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so one of them is, you know, your typical airhead character with the, the big ahoge. <laughs> uh, and the other is incredibly bossy and manipulative to her sister. Abusive. Abusive yeah. is the word you're looking yeah, for. Ab- yeah, abusive, true. sure. Uh, they were something. <laughs> I, I can't. Their inclusion, uh, especially three episodes in, was pretty rough. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it's. Um, I, I had commented to Colin as we were watching this, um, especially, uh, so the younger sister is Christina, mm-hmm. um, and she is constantly, constantly tearing her sister down, um, to the point it's, it's this very, like, narcissistic, codependent relationship between the two of them, right. um, so Christina is constantly tearing her sister down, her other sister is constantly looking for approval, and, um, our first introductions, they're kind of like hiding out in this back alleyway sort of thing. And then Christina like pretends to be sick or something and pulls her sister on top of her. And so they're like laying on the ground and it has all these weird shots, you know. Um, let's let's describe those for a second. <laughs> I don't think our viewers will understand what we say when we mean weird shots. So there's like in in... Just broadly speaking, there's a big problem with uh, male gaze style shots in mm-hmm, anime. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, they do sometimes temper it by actually doing effectively the same thing to men. But <laughs> like, you know, that's it, it's sort of like, well, how is that supposed to make it better? But anyway, sure. so you have these two characters who are maybe seven or eight, uh, it mm-hmm. looks like. Yeah. Uh, and I refer to this in my notes as the non-consensual lowly cold scene. Because mm. what's happening is one of the characters has like pinned the other to the ground, mm-hmm. and she's like, "Well, since I have a cold, the easiest way to get rid of it is to give it to someone else." And it's like, mm-hmm. "Well, that sounds like a lie that you made up right now." <laughs> and then she starts like breathing and like doing like it's mm-hmm. sort of implied that she's doing some weird stuff to her sister, mm-hmm. and while it's implying that. It's giving you all these thigh shots and mm-hmm. like shots from like where like because she's she's on all fours, so they're giving you mm-hmm. like basically Kama Sutra shots mm-hmm. like at different angles, except the characters are clothed and are also yeah. both little girls. Yeah, like it. I I don't know who can watch <laughs> that and not feel uncomfortable. No, it was definitely cringeworthy for sure. I mean, it it almost go it like I feel like it went past cringe like almost like the cringe parts when she pins her to the ground but when the scene just keeps going you're there and you're like what is wrong with the people who (laughs) made this like yeah i don't i don't understand what i'm supposed to get out of this like i get the impression that it's supposed to be like haha funny Mm -hmm. like most of the jokes in this show either are really forced Mm-hmm. Or, like, you only realize their jokes after the fact. Like, the whole thing where she's just, like, bashing her sister the whole time. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. think that's supposed to be a gag. Uh-huh. But, like, it it comes off 
as like an abusive relationship. Yeah, and definitely. I think this scene was supposed to be like, ha ha, look how much we're playing it up. Ah, ha, 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 ha. But then sure. that's not <laughs> what you get out of it because like no. it just doesn't have the nuance to even begin to try to do that. And even if it did, it would just lower it down to cringy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and this is also part of that uh, tropey thing that they added into, especially with the harem. It, this is like the twincest thing. Um oh, which is really awkward and uncomfortable. Um, it's not something I, I fully understand, but I know it's common in harem genres to have a set of twins that are sexual with each other. It's mm-hmm. weird. Yeah, especially when one of them is not all there and yes. seems to be able to not function in a lot of scenarios. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The other other joke that I remembered being weird kind of like this was... Uh, there's a scene like immediately after, like it's in the first episode, where mm-hmm. one of the characters has won a battle, and he she's talking to uh, her patriarch, I guess, mm-hmm. main character, and she's there. He's there, and he's like, "For winning this, I'll give you anything you want." And she's like, "Anything." And you're like, <laughs> oh, whoa, whoa! What's she gonna ask for? I'm not uh-huh. down for this. And she's like, "Well." can you pat my head? And you're like, what? <laughs> and he's like, are you sure that's all you want? <laughs> and then it shows like a picture of her with like, I, I took a picture of the wolf in the background. From this. Let me see if I can find it. Like the art in this show is, is bad. It's just yeah. bad. And uh, like, let me see if I can send this to Colin and Kayla. Jesus. Uh, so here it is. Here's here's what we're here's what we're dealing with. I don't know if you guys can see that yet or not. Yeah, we got it. Yeah. All right. So it shows this, <laughs> and it's just like, what? And then it cuts <laughs> to like the head padding scene, and you're there, and you're like, this is like so so. It's it's not uncommon for head pads to occur in Japanese anime, mm-hmm. and like typically the way they play it off is that one person's doing it sort of offhandedly as like a sort of affection and the mm-hmm. other characters a little more affected by it than that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but this has like strong sexual undertones so <laughs> it's just really weird like immediately yeah. it's also immediately after that scene one of the other characters comments like oh you're just like a loyal dog to yeah. him yeah uh yeah which... that wasn't that wasn't yeah. okay no um... it, it outlines the whole like oh they're part of a wolf clan and he's <laughs> the leader and yeah. and they're all like loyal dogs to him mm-hmm. it's it's so it's so bizarre, like that, <laughs> that this show happened. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. So all all the jokes are kind of like that, and so you don't like. I think there's intended to be humor to break up the weirdness of the show, but mm-hmm. it doesn't work. And like, <laughs> I guess we should get back to some of the things that I liked about the show. All right. So the one of the few things that I did kind of have to give it props for was that, as far as I can tell, aside from having a smartphone that works in, like, <laughs> 2000 BC, character doesn't have superpowers. I mean, right. he could later, but we didn't see those episodes. So, give him the benefit of the doubt. He's just a normal dude. Yeah. This does make some of the other scenes make less sense, but, you know, <laughs> it's he's he doesn't have superpowers. And that's actually kind of nice, because typically in these shows, like, let's care it to compare... I don't remember the Japanese name of the show, but... 
In Another World with My Smartphone is about a character who, I think he dies, and then God's like, well, that sucks. Let me put you in some other world, <laughs> and you can keep your smartphone, and I'll give you really good stats. And it's like, well, that's bizarre. And so he goes into the other world, and he's just overpowered. Like, he's able to learn multiple kinds of magic, and that's special because they tell you it is. And uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. that's what this show kind of reminds me of, except that it, like, it's less fast and loose with that part of the show, even mm-hmm. though that's, like, the, the primary conceit of In Another World of My Smartphone is that. And mm-hmm. so the fact that they played fast and loose with it was basically just you being like, well, I guess I don't care. <laughs> and like I, I kind of liked how it opens into where the main characters have been in the past for a while and he's already accomplished some things yeah. so you don't have to like sit through a bunch of stuff that's probably not interesting mm-hmm. uh, and you know they can flash back so you can see him being introduced to these other characters and they can build yeah. the characters that way when it's relevant mm-hmm. but while I liked that I don't think that's what they were doing like no. I get the impression that they skipped those parts either because they don't exist in the manga or the light novel mm-hmm. or because they're real bad. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, let's uh, take a look at the animation quality, character designs, art style, music, all the production sorts of elements. Um, I do want to point out the one positive that um, I kind of took away from the, the animation of mm-hmm. this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you've ever watched anything where there are large-scale battles happening. Mm -hmm. Uh, Those scenes are kind of notorious these days for being just cheap CG, Uh, getting, you know, a large number of of people on a battlefield Mm -hmm. uh, and having it look cohesive and (laughs) fluid is is difficult for sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, So they actually took some shortcuts here uh, in these big battle sequences that helped them to avoid those, uh, and it actually allowed them to keep the same style and animation quality uh, throughout the whole show. Mm-hmm. Um, so rather than these really jarring scenes of big-scale CG people moving like robots, uh, you would actually see like freeze frames, or uh, they would zoom in on on small sections of the battle so that you mm-hmm. had more of a focus. And the micro parts of the battles were animated in unison with the rest of the scenes Mm -hmm. and then the kind of flyover shots to show you the the big scale of the battles um, were done in you know shortcut kind of methods but they were done in a way that didn't distract you from uh, what was happening so I do give them props for that they didn't bite off more than they could chew (laughs) uh, because I think that would have that would have upset the balance a whole lot more uh, than just using, you know, some cheaper techniques. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I think for me, um, I, I would have to agree about the scales. For When it comes to uh, the characters, um, we've kind of talked about this before, something that can be kind of difficult um, when you have a lot of different characters that you're dealing with is running out of character designs. So characters end up looking the same. And other than the twins, who still look different from each other, you can still tell them apart. They have different color hair and they part their hair on opposite sides. Um, is And one has a major ahoge. Yes, and one has the ahoge. They did some weird animation with the girls during uh, what I call the intimate scenes. Um, so anytime you see them um, less clothed, uh, I will say, uh-huh. uh, they had a weird 
blush marks, like on parts of your body that that don't don't blush that don't blush, like your shoulders. Um, that was something I I commented a lot is that uh, there was a scene with one of the girls who's throwing herself at the main character because because and you see like the top of her breasts and her cheeks are all blushed and. Sure, I guess, you know, but also her shoulders, like the tops of her shoulders are like really shiny and have that same sort of blush mark on them. And I was like, what are her shoulders also embarrassed? She's polished. (laughs) It is. It was really weird because that doesn't happen with any of the characters any other time Mm -hmm. when you still you might see their shoulders or something like that. And they don't have that shiny glaze to them. But as soon as they get like in a more precarious situation, they, uh. It's like she rubbed herself in oil before. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. Obviously. Because, you know, that's what one does, I guess. Yeah, there's there's blushes on everything. There's also <laughs> sparkles everywhere. Yes, yes, lots of sparkles. Uh, in the sky, over the entirety of the screen, <laughs> on people's butts. Doesn't matter. There was a sparkle on it. Oh, they do this. Actually, it looks kind of cool. They do this thing with the eyes where they sort of uh, glint, yeah. I guess. Yeah. And that yeah. looked kind of neat. Um, <laughs> yeah, their eyes had like a very unique sort of drawing style style to them. Like even the way that they did the irises, uh, they all looked different. And, and they all have different color eyes and the like. Mm-hmm. And honestly, the uh, I mean, I'm, I don't actually speak Japanese, but the the way that the lines were sounding like they were being delivered sounded pretty much like most anime. So mm-hmm. it, yeah. it seemed like they didn't really foam that part in. The only part that really seemed a little odd was like. They they use, I think of them sort of stopgap techniques, but they're shortcuts, basically, mm-hmm. uh, so that you can imply motion without having to animate an entire visual, or you only animate one part and you sort of mm-hmm. slide along the part that's animating, stuff like yeah. that. But they use them so much mm-hmm. that it's difficult to ignore that that's what they're doing. <laughs> and then occasionally the quality of the animation, like, drops precipitously. Like, there's a... Mm-hmm. I, I have some, I mean, I'll just describe them for the viewers. So <laughs> so the characters, their faces are relatively consistent, but occasionally yeah. they're just not. And it looks, yeah. it's so weird because like, I don't know, I'm looking at one right here and it kind of feels like, because the way that they make these, from what I understand, is that someone mm-hmm. will, uh, you know, actually review mm-hmm. the art before they put it into the show. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But then you have like faces like these two that I sent you guys, mm-hmm. where it looks like it looks like yeah. you know someone doodled <laughs> these into like a notebook, and they're like, "This is fine," <laughs> and it it doesn't really make much sense. Like, sure, like th- like some like there's parts where you're like, "Well, I can tell their budget can't be enormous, or they wouldn't mm-hmm. be doing things the way that they're doing." But this yeah. is this is the sort of thing where they're there and you're like, this doesn't even look like the same character. Yeah. This doesn't look like it's from the same show. <laughs> uh, just redo this cell because the character's not going to move, right? I think, yeah, I think the other thing that I noticed too, uh, kind of in the same line is they, other than in these couple of scenes where they, they do make some shortcuts, is the main characters, the teenagers, are all drawn... And they look very childish. And you don't really think about it until you see the adults 
which are almost yeah. drawn in a totally different style. Sure. They have way less detail to them, and they're more realistically proportioned. And so when you see the kids, it kind of accentuates how much they look like children mm-hmm. versus, like, all these adults that are around all the time. Yeah. They're constantly surrounded by adults. They're on their war councils. They're everywhere. They work for the kids. It's it's a weird dynamic. But you can see that animation difference between the main characters and the people that they constantly interact yeah. with. It's almost like uh, they gave the animators a job of, okay, you just draw these background characters. They're normal-looking yes. adults. Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, cool. I know how to draw a person. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. And then, then they handed them the, the main characters mm-hmm. and the designs for all these, these other people. And were mm-hmm. like, oh, I got to draw a different girl now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. The style is it, – it's that was probably the most jarring part for me is um, usually we've we've talked before about, like, when we've switched from, like, CGI to the animation. It's This was still animated, and yet it felt like it didn't belong at all. Yeah, Michael, when you, when you mentioned, like, these individual frames where you can tell that <laughs> there's just not uh, a good cleanup on, on the faces or, or anything like that, um, it makes me wonder, like, we're getting supposedly the, the Blu-ray kind of release mm-hmm. here. What what we would see on Crunchyroll is probably a little bit cleaned up. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if this is like the aired version. Mm. Uh, I think But it is. you do see this uh, occasionally like Kotaku will have articles of, hey, this running anime, look <laughs> at this frame. This is great. Uh, and then they show it later after it's been released on Br- yeah. Blu-ray and all that stuff is kind of cleaned up. So I wonder where in the process that is too. Sure. I mean, like with this show... I'd be really surprised if... I mean, I guess they would still make Blu-rays because in Japan when they sell Blu-rays, they don't sell them for, like, acceptable prices from no. American <laughs> consumer standpoint. Any place of America prices. Yeah. yeah. Like, you, you look at them and it's like, how much is the Blu-ray for this series? And there's like, well, you can get the first four episodes for $45. Yep. And you're like... <laughs> Are you, I need it, three of these? Yeah, you're like, yeah. what... What else do I get? And they're like, what do you mean? It comes in a <laughs> Blu-ray case and there's art. Wow. And it's just so bizarre. Yeah. And while we're, while we're sort of start talking about the aesthetic of the show, like the music is real. Like I remember it's either like not really noticeable. You're like just mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. Or during the scenes where they're trying to show you that this is a funny scene, mm-hmm. they play mm-hmm. this dopey music. Yeah. And it's, it's like... It's like the person who mixed the music in didn't get to see the scene. They were just told when it was going to be. And they're like, yeah, play the dopey music from uh, 1120 to 1335. Make sure it loops right. And he's like, yeah, I can do that. I mean, that's mm-hmm. easy. Do you, do you need me to like do anything like use different? Po- no. Just, uh, don't spend more than three minutes on yeah. it. Yeah, we don't we need have, to print in the next five minutes. Yeah, we, we don't have the money to pay you to actually do anything <laughs> aside from just cut, just put the music in, you know. And oh, the recorded vocals in the music in the intro uh-huh. and outro sound real weird. Yep, <laughs> like. I remember, I think I wrote something like, it sounds like the vocals were recorded on the voice actor's phones or something. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then they were just like, yeah, this is good enough. This is fine. Yeah, it sounds about right. Yeah, this was another area that I really felt 
Um, they could have done something and made the show more interesting. For instance, they could have had like cultural or era appropriate music. Yeah. So they could have done something in that region or from that time period or something. And that would have been really interesting. And that could have been really cool and really set this anime apart. But no, no, it's just generic something or another music that I I agree with Michael. I I barely remember it at all. When I I think of this kind of, you know, they're throwing around all these Norse mythology terms. Mm -hmm. When I think of that stuff, I want to hear like... The recent God of War or yes. Skyrim or something mm-hmm. like that, where there's a very, uh, it, it evokes this very Norse kind of, you just feel cold when you listen to <laughs> it and you want to go drink some ale or some mead. Also, were they in the desert? Uh, I think uh, that we can't draw <laughs> any conclusions about where they are. Because yeah, no. It doesn't, like, it's the not Northern Hemisphere. Enough. I don't we even know, know that. about that. I feel like <laughs> he said sure. it. Oh, did he? Oh, <laughs> he okay. said, we're somewhere in the Northern Hemisphere. Yeah, but Are two or 3,000 that... <laughs> years ago, or 4,000 years ago even, the only places that really had cities were like South America, uh, mm-hmm. portions of the Middle East, mm-hmm. and then like China and like Korea. And then there were yeah. some places in Africa as well. But the, yeah. like the only place that has any style of architecture <laughs> that looks like what we see is on the other side of the world from where you would expect these characters to be. Yeah, I was just thinking about, like, all the background stuff is, um, like Michael's saying, it's it's not from the region that we're pulling, like, the mythos from. So we keep talking about all these different mythos from, like, North North mythology. That is hard to say. But the region, when you look at it, does not match that at all. In fact, like there was very few times when I saw trees. Yeah. I was just thinking about that. I was like, they're in these huge open, what look like, it looks almost like desert. Yeah. And I was just thinking, I don't think anywhere in, in the Europe region looks like that at all. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and that kind of leads me into uh, kind of closing out with our general thoughts and likes and dislikes. Mm-hmm. One of the things that really drove me crazy this whole time, uh, because like, for last episode, when we rolled this show, I, I spent forever trying to figure out <laughs> how do you pronounce this Norse thing? <laughs> yeah, sure. And I thought that's what I was going into was some kind of cool yeah. Norse mythology thing. Because this is, you know, 2017, 2018 are yeah. kind of the year for Norse mythology with God of War coming out mm-hmm. and uh, shows like this. And mm-hmm. uh, they had toyed with the new Assassin's Creed being mm-hmm. uh, Norse mythology. Mm-hmm. And you were just but, playing a game like yesterday. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Hellblade, Cinema Sacrifice. Yeah. Also Norse. Really mm-hmm. Yeah. To me, this seems like they realized that this was kind of a popular thing at the time. Yeah. And they needed some shortcuts on world building. And so they, they decided to pull these bits and pieces, mostly just vernacular. Like, yeah. I'm going to take this name and this name and this name, mm-hmm. throw them all in, and that's going to be my world. But I'm not actually going to do anything with it. Like, yeah. Uh, they mentioned Valhalla at one point yep. when they're going to kill this guy <laughs> and uh, there's nothing around it. It's all yeah. superfluous to the actual plot, the yeah. story, the characters, anything. Yeah, they have a few throwaway lines um, that's supposed to be driving the plot. Like at one point, somebody is like, I think this guy is going to bring on Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. Which you would, But they don't explain like what that means or why they think that. They're just like, I think this. Yeah. Um, which I think maybe they get into and try to bring more of the Norse part in, but it's all through like verbal dialogue. 
there's nothing about the feel of the show that makes you think, oh, this is like a show that centers around Norse mythology. If if they took out all that dialogue, you wouldn't you would have no idea that this was about that at all. No, not at all. And uh, well, while we're moving into our, our final thoughts, I do have to bring up the thing that I thought was like the most unacceptable thing that happens in this show. <laughs> okay. So in the third episode, <laughs> the character is walking through a market with like one of the members of his harem, I guess, basically. And uh, he, he hears someone who's hawking some good. And so he walks over, and it turns out the guy is selling uh, a woman and her young daughter. And the character's like, oh, no. And so the way the show like delivers this is he essentially buys this woman and her daughter because he's <laughs> such a nice guy. Of but, course. like, in the context of the show and the position that he's in, Mm-hmm. Like, it, there ought to have been more reflection and introspection than that. Like, slavery yeah. isn't something that you can throw in <laughs> as a decoration. Yeah. Like, you probably should just leave it alone, in all honesty. It's not like, like, like what were they thinking? And then, like... Yeah, it's uh, it's like, you've, you've introduced this. Uh, you've now shown us that this is a world where slavery is happening and yep. frequent and normalized. Yep. And in in this character who cares so much about everything mm-hmm. instead is going to go collect his harem and yep. try to beat these other clans and just kind of throws this thing away. Yeah, and that's my biggest problem with this show is that um I I I actually think I I see this a lot with especially as we've been watching more and more of these shows that have this harem style theme to them is they just get really lazy with their world building in order to focus on, you know, the sexy time. Um, And I feel like these shows could be done well in a way that like you could actually potentially enjoy a harem themed show if, if they actually spent any amount of time on the world and on the characters, like make me care about those things and balance that out. And these could actually be really good shows instead of just like, look at these girls' boobs. Aren't they great? And that's that that makes me so frustrated with these shows because they take ideas that could be that could be decent and they're just like, I'm just gonna kind of throw this in front of you, but really we're focused on on all the ladies. Um, and it's like, well, I, why are you even bothering with this stuff? Like, what, what does that matter? Yeah, especially if they gave the girls a reason to like the main character. Yeah. Which none of these shows do, as far as I can tell. Sure. Other than that, he's a nice guy. Yeah. I mean, even, even when they actually have, like, decent character interactions, the format of the shows tends to prevent them from actually being good anyway. Because, like... Yeah. If the character, let's say the main character does choose one of this, like the women who are interested in him, well, most shows aren't going to be about polygamy, but they could have done that. But that's not what most shows would do, and that's no. not the way they style the romance in the shows either. No. So it's implied that if that, that if he does actually, you know, basically <laughs> act like a reasonably mature person and stop mm-hmm. leading all of these people on, mm-hmm. then the show's over. Yeah. And like, like what what Kayla was saying about you know there being interesting stuff in this show. This is genuinely why I watched like three episodes by myself 
Mm-hmm. It's like I didn't roll into it and was like, oh, I guess I have to watch this. I was just watching <laughs> it and like, you know, the idea that he could that he could use even like what would seem to us in modern days to be relatively mm-hmm. minor advantages yeah. in technology and tactics. That's mm-hmm. cool. Uh, the way that like parts of the show open, like the outcome of him using phalanxes and iron mm-hmm. is immediately mm-hmm. just like a brutal massacre. Yeah, right? yeah. So it, yeah. it implies this sense of like brutal realism that they could have gone with. And instead they were like, it was like someone thought critically about like what an, what would be an innovative way to craft uh, an isekai genre anime. Mm-hmm. And they were like, yeah, I have this idea. And then someone was like, so we need, uh, we need some harem stuff and there should be magic because <laughs> people like that. And there's some Norse things going on, so do that. Ooh, ooh, could you have, like, really cool buildings? I like really cool buildings. <laughs> oh, there needs to be uh, a rival, and he's going to be, like, better than everyone. So strong that he, like, basically teleports. And, <laughs> and the main character is going to just, like, act like a jackass to him. And he's not just going to immediately die and end the show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and, like, when that... Art happens, by the way. This is like in the third or fourth episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he basically confronts like this villain. He's this red-haired, strong jock guy, and you see him in the intro, so you know that he's supposed to be important. But <laughs> he has no motivation. He apparently just like fights people to fight people, which shows yeah. up in anime all the time. But like it, like like all it amounts to is you can't reason with him, right? And in a show where the rest of the characters are coherent and deep, and this character is too, but you can't reason with him, that's an interesting <laughs> character. In this sure. show, like he's basically a homicidal psychopath, and <laughs> no one even blinks an eye. They're like, man, I wish he wasn't such a douche. I mean, I know he's gonna he gonna fight us because he's strong and he likes Smash. And it's like, <laughs> what? What in the like? Why? Like there's you it doesn't take much reflection <laughs> on any of the things that they've included to to realize that this like the base concepts they're working with aren't actually necessarily bad. I mean, no. I, I don't know that they can just stuff uh, a harem anime into anything <laughs> and have it actually work. Sure. I mean, they try to. You see it all the time. But yeah, definitely. Typically, that tends to be the weakest point of those shows at that point. Mm-hmm. And so, like, it, I don't know. It's its so, <laughs> like, I just can't understand, like, the only way this really makes sense is if someone at a marketing division somewhere was like, write this, and then it was mildly <laughs> successful because it's, you know, it's a focus group thing. Sure. And they were like, man, make a manga, and the manga sold okay. So they were like, all right. <laughs> Let's finish the end of this. Let's make the anime. And then they're like, we made the anime. And while you're watching the anime, it's just it's just a bunch of scenarios, one after another, that if you just cut some of them out or moved them around, it wouldn't matter. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, I have a new show that I would like to pitch to you all. Okay, I'm ready. Uh, okay, so this kid, he ends up in this alternate universe place in the past. When he arrives, his phone is at 86%. <laughs> he only has access to a downloaded copy of Wikipedia, which uh, takes up his entire phone. And, like, it's an incredible phone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
subsets of Wikipedia then. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he was real into strategy. Okay. And uh, war and stuff. <laughs> and uh, he can only look up things so long as his phone is still charged. So he must utilize his power when it is most appropriate. Yeah. I mean, similar to that, <laughs> like I thought of, if he's just like a like a really good student who had like a hobby of trying, like, because you've seen yeah. like uh, the YouTube channels where people make like bricks and iron and stuff using methods mm -hmm. that would have been primitive but were available back to uh -huh. people for all of time. Like, if if he was just someone who had a hobby like that and then was sent back in time, he would be legitimately yeah. very dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. And then you don't have to, like, you don't have to deal with, because it's so lame. Like, he's there <laughs> and there's these people talking to him with magical powers and he's just like, yeah, that's cool, but, like, I'm reading about phalanxes on my phone, so can you give me a minute? <laughs> it's like, what? What? He constantly acknowledges how lame it is, too. He's always like, well, I'm cheating. Yeah, yeah. he does do like, that Like, he a says lot. it all the time. I don't know. Maybe for the target audience, that's meant to inspire empathy. But every time he says it, I'm just like, dude, no one cares. Like, literally, <laughs> mm -hmm. none of these people care that you're, quote unquote, cheating because you're causing them to slaughter their enemies and bring <laughs> glory to their tribes. Like, they yeah. don't care. Nope. Like, I, I'm not even sure that any of the other characters ever even acknowledge that he says that. Yeah. No. I can't, I can't recall. Like, they might, but, like, it's not important to them. It's very plain they don't care. Yeah. No, they just want Future Man to bring all of his technology to the world. Yeah. Yeah, and he's nowhere near doing that. Right? No. <laughs> right? Like, it, that that's one of the things where, like, the fact that he's just, like, bringing them iron, even if it's a full-on, like... Carnegie style ironworks, <laughs> except that would be steel. But like, even so, like just the fact that he's like bringing the industrial era to ancient times to produce mm -hmm. a metal that no one else has, that actually yeah. is genuinely disruptive, but also still believable. It's not like mm -hmm. if he was like, here's how you make transistors. That, that, <laughs> would, not, that would not fly, right? No. No. <laughs> All right, so uh, every week we close out the show with uh, the same question, and I uh, will start by asking you, Michael, would you watch more of this? I hope to never have to see anything about the show again. <laughs> no. Yeah, uh, I agree, too. Um, I, I just, no. <laughs> I, don't, I don't see it getting any better. I feel like uh, the harem part's going to become increasingly more of a problem, and I have no interest in that. Cool, I agree. <laughs> yeah. It it's amazing that anyone ever like like there's so many things wrong and it you seem <laughs> it feels like at least something would be good, but it really just feels like the people who made this didn't care. All right. Well, um it was so awesome having you on, Michael. This was a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> All right. If you want to learn more about our show, you can visit our website at anamonday.moe. That's anamonday.moe. You can send us questions or comments to podcast at anamonday.moe. And you can find us on Facebook and Twitter. Our username is anamondaycast, and you can find links for that on our website. Thanks also to Crunchyroll for all of the anime that you provide, uh, whether it's good or bad, and for the <laughs> random button which produces these wonderful and wonderfully terrible results. You can follow along with us each week. We'll have a link to the current title on our website and social media, and uh, you can watch what we're watching. Thanks also to C2A for providing the intro and outro music. Uh, those are from the Senpai EPs, which you can find on his Bandcamp, 
and other major streaming services. I'll also include links in the show notes and on our website. Are you ready to roll? <laughs> <laughs> Michael gets to be here for the roll. Oh, I'm I'm excited. <laughs> every time, like every time you guys roll something, I'm always like, wow, what they do to Crunchyroll? What? They must have done something real bad, like plainly unacceptable behavior. What could it be? <laughs> All right, random button in three, two, one. The anime for this week is Token Rondo. Oh, I think I think I might know what that is. Dash this Hanamura. Is what I'm thinking of Hanamaru. <laughs> uh, the first episode is called January. Don't get cocky. Yeah. This is okay. the show I thought it was. Uh, <laughs> I mean, this is an improvement over <laughs> Master of Ragnarok and Bluster well, of Minajar. We can only that. go up. I mean, you think that, but I've, I I told you about some stuff that is <laughs> like not worse in the execution sense, but worse in the sense that it's about something unacceptable. Like sure, but yeah, this is uh, this is this is a real. This is one of those shows that's weird, but then pretends like nothing bizarre is happening. <laughs> I could get into that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Maybe it'll be okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, it'll be great. <laughs> you'll you'll love it. It's uh, I actually haven't watched this because it's uh, not not for me. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. I think that'll do it for us this week. Uh, thanks again to Michael, and uh, thank you all for listening. Yeah, we'll see you next week. All right. Bye. I'll try to keep the swearing to a minimum so that, you know, <laughs> if other people watch this, they won't be like, wow. This took a turn. <laughs> yeah. They were like, man, everyone was so mild, and then they had a guest on, and it's just horrible. <laughs> it says unacceptable things constantly. <laughs>